Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Homeownership Show with your host Richard McKenzie and our company is First Inspection Services and we service the greater Cincinnati area, northern Kentucky area, and the greater Dayton area as well. And on this episode we're going to title it Water Runs Downhill. Seems obvious but there's a few little idiosyncrasies and things I'm going to discuss during this episode that will make you realize that downhill can be very small. All right, without further ado, a subtitle for this episode definitely can be How to Keep the Water Outside Outside and How to Do Our Best to Keep Stuff from Coming Inside the House. That is water and moisture and affecting our basements, our walls, and all kinds of stuff. So, how to keep the basement dry, how to keep water outside, outside, and better said, keep it away from your house altogether. Water does run downhill. That seems obvious. But when you look closer at a house, well, I'll back the train up, which I do a lot on these episodes. I start getting into it, but I really want to back up a little bit and give you a macro view. When you're looking for houses, okay, let's say you're a buyer and you're with your realtor. And I have said this before, and I really don't mind saying things again two, three, four times. Because when you describe thing the same thing over in a different way with different examples, it really does set in. You really do get the idea of how to look for these things with a different set of eyes. So when you're again when you're a buyer and you're with your realtor and you're looking at various houses, before you go in the front door, take a macro view of the house. Stand at the sidewalk or the road when you get out of the car and look. Just look at the ground. Look at the neighbor's house on your left. Look at the neighbor's house on your right. Look behind your house. What's behind your house? Does it is it flat? A gentle slopage away from the house? Is it a hill in the back of the yard? Or is there a going up or going down? Or anything like that. Those things will affect your house. Drainage, water, and so forth. Look up, actually. And look at the trees in the yard. Are they mature trees? Mature trees can be an issue. Um, there's a general rule that if branches go over the house then the roots are under the house, meaning underneath the concrete floor of your basement underground. Can that be a problem? Yeah, it, it, it can be a problem in some regards. When you have, I'm going to, before I get into drainage, I just want to get this one out of the way because this is a bonus. I'm just going to put it at the front. Most people put bonuses at the back, but I don't want to derail my own train. I want to at the end, I want to derail it now and just get this out of the way. If you have a house that is, say, 75, 80 years old or more, the oldest one we've ever inspected was from 1814. So all the trees in the yard are mature. Very big, very leafy, definitely some branches over the house. So take a look at the trees in your yard, okay, before you go in the house. And I'm going to give you some more things to take into consideration as well. But look at the trees. If you have a big tree like I had yesterday at my inspection, I recommended to the client, and I put this in the report, that we suggest that you have the sewer line snaked by 
a licensed plumber that does that thing with the camera on the cable and so forth. And I think the going rate in our area is somewhere between 300, 350, maybe 375 at the highest. And that gets you a DVD at the end and you're able to see if there's any capillary roots or other roots or breaks in the, in the line going to the storm drain and, and sewer, sewer into the street, which is below the street, of course, but I mean in the street. And the reason that you want to have that done is the larger the tree, the greater the chance of that probably a clay tile drain line is, is affected by having roots in it or offset, broken, uh, shifted, etc. And that can be a problem. So the older the house is and the larger the trees are, the greater the chance. So that is money well spent. There's companies that can reline that uh, with, with the extrusion process that they do. There's others that dig up the front yard. But you don't want to be stuck after the inspection a few months down the road or, or whenever and, and have a, a significant drainage issue. At the inspection, we run the water and flush and flush especially the older the house and the more the longer it's been vacant the more aggressive we are doing that however that's not going to approximate you being in the house for two straight weeks flushing over and over a family of four that's a lot more water and a lot more activity than what we do in a two to three hour inspection so i got that out of the way all right so when you're looking at the front of the house too Take in consideration those leafy trees, the gutters. It is very important. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm sitting here recording this, and a, a buck just walked through my yard behind the office here and uh, through the yard, and he's got a nice little rack on him and so forth. So, any rate, um, get my train back on the track. But I, I do have a like having an office with, with a view for sure. Um, that being said, going back to gutters. And you want to make sure your gutters are not clogged. Why? This relates to water runs downhill. It is said water runs downhill. Yeah, great. Gravity works. That's obvious. But what if you thought of a hill as something as narrow as a 12 foot, or excuse me, 12 inch wide strip of earth? Where is a 12 inch wide strip of earth? How about up against your house? How about when you have a line of bushes or vines or other stuff or mulch and piles of stuff up against your house, the last 12 inches really do matter. 12 inches out from your house over time, that earth is probably going to settle over the years. And the older the house, the more settled it's going to be. These are things that nobody ever thinks about over the years. It's sort of like taking a car and having your shock absorbers go bad so slowly that you don't notice that other people behind you are, you know, hey man, your car's bouncing up and down, and I think your shocks are, are dead. So um, that being said, repairing or improving the grade around your house is labor-intensive, but it's a very simple process. It's simply shoveling in and packing in dirt, topsoil. In our area, I would call it our loamy clay, fatty clay soil that is prevalent in the greater Cincinnati area. 
I uh, also have a nickname for it. I call it nasty Cincinnati clay soil or topsoil. So if we inspect your house and we suggest that you add topsoil on the left side, right side, and underneath the deck. Oh, I mentioned underneath the deck. What about underneath the porch? Well, that could be too. People tend to build decks and porches on top of negative grade without thinking about it, out of sight, out of mind. But when we look under a deck, if we can, sometimes it's totally blocked off and we can't see anything and all the boards are screwed in with these three-inch wood screws, which is just insane. Um, and we can't see under there, but when we can see under there, if there's negative grade, and what do I mean by negative grade? I mean that the land slopes towards the house, even in the last 12 inches or 24 inches or 36 inches. It is extremely important that you pack topsoil in and use like one of these 16 tooth rakes or a hoe, whatever instrument makes it easy for you to regrade and create a a, a slope away from your house. That is extremely important. I even mean that if you're looking at the front porch and you have like a little small area on the left side and a small area on the right side and maybe it's recessed and it, eh, it's piled up with mulch, that doesn't matter. Man, that little corner there can take a lot of water in a rainstorm. And then we go in the basement and there's these streaks on the poured concrete wall that, that flow over the sill plate, down the wall, and people are asking us in the basement, is this a problem? Yeah, that, that's from when we looked at your front porch. Remember we said to improve the grade by pulling the mulch back with your rake and adding topsoil in there and improving the grade? Oh yeah, I do remember that. Remember when we talked about during the inspection that you have some very mature trees and several times a year you're going to need to clean your leaves out, leaves out or pay somebody to do it and if you aren't experienced on a ladder don't do it just just don't do it there's some things that are just worth paying somebody to do so you don't have to do it um, I impress upon anybody out there who wants to get a ladder and do that for the first time in their life it's fine when you're the first three feet and then you start looking down. If you've never been on a ladder before, it's not an easy experience. It is a scary experience the first time you get really high up on a ladder. It's just going to be. And you're not experienced with it, so you don't know how to properly position it. Just stay off ladders. If you don't have to get on a ladder, then don't get on a ladder. Um, unless you do that for a living every day, your ladder becomes your best friend, and that's fine. But stay off a ladder if you don't have to get on one. So clean out your leaves. Or if you can spring for the cash, um, definitely have leaf guards installed and make sure you pick out the right installation, know what you're getting. You don't want a whole bunch of rusty screws and washers down the road and end up coming off and, and, and you really wasted a, you know several hundred dollars. <clears throat> Do it right. And they should prevent stuff from building up in your gutters. Why am I telling you this? Because water needs to drain off the roof into the gutters and not overflow, not freeze up and form ice dams and so forth. And when gutters get clogged with debris, granules from the roof and so forth, 
they clog up and water flows over, drops over under the side of the house, and hey, that's how you get that soil washed out so you have that negative grade, and you end up with that water runs downhill again. So that's, that's very important. So we've covered the, the dirt or topsoil or grade up against the house. What about stuff that is a little bit further away from the house? That's important too. Look at your neighbor's house on your left and your neighbor's house on the right. What happens in heavy rain? Is there an indentation, uh, little shallow ditch or, or dip in between your neighbor's yard and yours that goes from the front of the yard to the back of the yard? If there is, that is known as a swale, S-W-A-L-E. What is a swale? It is a, is a shallow ditch and, and really is extremely useful because water will take the path of least resistance. Sometimes the simplest solutions can be the most effective. And over time with older houses, if you have a house that was built, let's say maybe 1950, I'm just throwing a number out there. So it's 69 years old and the swale over the years Dirt tends to fill that up debris and it becomes shallower and shallower and shallower until it's really not that effective. Then you end up sometimes in heavy rain with water that doesn't drain real well in your backyard. And sometimes in some of these subdivision neighborhoods, there might be several houses linked together with yards and there might be a swale in the back that actually is more of a glorified ditch. There might even be some... Um, larger rocks, uh, rip rocks, rip, rip, um, I forget the term for it, but whatever, um, you know what I'm saying. But they're the larger rocks, and, and you can form, form a ditch and a path of least resistance so water doesn't flow so fast and cut a gully into the yard. And that slows the water down, and eventually it gets to this manhole raised drain, <clears throat> and that is a storm drain for heavy, heavy, heavy rain. And that, that would be a good thing, too. You want to keep an eye on these swales, ditches, drainage ditches, and so forth, because they're extremely important for the health of your house. If water piles, you know, gets too deep in a yard in, in one of these 100-year floods or whatever, you can really be into some significant water issues with your basement. So... You may need to dig out your swale a little bit. You may need to put in a, a cup of maybe a French drain system um, to take water away from your house. French drain system, I could spend a whole podcast doing the installation of that. And quite frankly, I may have spent some time, uh, I think I actually did on one of the previous episodes you want to pull, pull up and listen to that. I go into a little bit more detail on French drains and other fancy drain systems. Um, but you may need something more elaborate to, to help keep the water out of your house. I want to, I want to, um, go over a couple of points a second or third time again, that being decks and porches. Again, it's important to look under the deck, look under the porch. There can be debris under there. People shove lawnmowers and boards and other debris under there, and instead of filling in, 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 the low-lying spots where water can run downhill towards the house. And then I'm going to segue towards 
two types of different foundations, that being a uh, stacked stone foundation with mortar, stone and mortar, which would be from prior to 1920, let's say, in most cases. Sometimes out in the country you'll get a stone foundation because it was just too hard to take a, a concrete truck back in the day and mix concrete that far out and get it to it in large quantities. So stone foundations, you know, may have even been used up into the 1940s in some cases. Then the concrete mixtures became more prevalent and it was easier to get concrete out into the country. So if you have a stone foundation or even a block or, or uh, concrete block and mortar um, foundation, those are much more porous as far as the basement. And you will tend to get seepage in soaking rains and heavy rains, flash floods, or even a soaking rain where our soil, which is called fatty clay soil, it expands so much and gets so saturated that it pushes water in and some of the basements are, that, are, that are block foundation or stone and mortar are going, or cut stone. Some, some stone foundations are not the rough looking irregular stones, but rather cut. And they are indeed cut on site, almost perfect with a chip hammer. And they spent hours and hours making that foundation almost perfect. That said, they are still porous and they were never meant to keep water out 100%. If you have a desire with a block foundation or a cut stone foundation to finish it, it's not going to be an easy endeavor, and it's really not going to be really something that you should do. I'm, I'm, that might be a very unpopular thing to hear out there in podcast land uh, on Anchor. However, um, those are very difficult to keep water out of the basement and I have gone in houses that were finished that were stone foundations, and they had very elaborate systems, but sometimes behind that drywall could be mold because it's moist, and if there's not an elaborate dehumidification system going on and water's not managed effectively, it's going to be a very troublesome, a lot of upkeep and a lot of issues. That being said, when you have a stone or a block foundation, it is even more important than, than on a poured foundation to keep water away from the house at all costs. So the more elaborate you can be and the more effective and, and really diligent you can be, the better. Um, on, on a poured foundation, a little bit different, but everything uh, that we've previously said here applies to help keep that basement dry, and I would still follow all of those things. So water runs downhill unless, of course, you're in a hurricane, and everything you can do to keep water away from your house, whether it be vegetation, extending downspouts, keeping gutters clean, adding topsoil, regrading, making sure your swales and, and ditches in your yard are effective, are all very useful and important things to do. And I hope when you are looking at houses or when you own your house and you take a second look at the outside of your house and and think about water some of these things that we've said today are going to help you I really hope that I've given you some useful things to help keep your house dry in especially in the basement so 
uh, until further ado in our next episode, we really do appreciate you listening. And until the next episode, this has been the Successful Home Ownership Show with your host, Richard McKenzie. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.